You guys want some cookies? Welcome back, back to the, to the garage. garage. Welcome, Welcome to, to another, another edition of the, the Throwback, Throwback Podcast. Podcast. I can't imagine how annoying that must be for the audience. <laughs> this is Dan Hansis, joined as always by my bosom buddy. You know who he is, bitch. It's Bob Castrone. Oh, yeah. It's Brittany Bayward. Okay. Yeah. A lot of respect. Yep. Respecting everybody. Total respect. You're in the clear, Bob. I know you work in the entertainment industry. Don't want to offend. Cannot don't take any be, chances. Don't want to be part of a hashtag, man. It's like most of my life now is avoiding that hashtag. How about the idea that maybe serving, you know, the old any publicity is good publicity. Get into a nice little Me Too hashtag scenario just maybe, to get your name out there Maybe a that's more. what Flock of Dudes has been missing. Like, maybe that's the thing to take my movie to the next level. Yeah. It's impressive that out of that cast of so many, you know, famous actors and comedians, nobody's been uh, pulled into that. So I'm very proud of the of the unit I assembled with the help of your lovely wife. Yeah. Casting. Emily. Yes, that's true. And you're right. No, you didn't get spacied no. on any level. Uh, Hannibal, so Burris, Hannibal Burris, in a way, kicked off the whole Me Too movement with the exposing of Bill Cosby. Holy shit. So there you go. I'm actually a hero now. All right. Well, now you're spinning it in a really weird, self-serving direction. If you but... love women, you need to go buy Flock of Dudes. Okay. Not rent. Buy it. Buy it. <laughs> it doesn't exist in any physical form, so you just have to own it in the cloud. Wait, there's no actual physical release of Not it? Not in America. Oh, no. Got to get it in America. There are DVDs in Australia. Well, you should have one. You're the director. I know, but I don't even know if they it would even play in a DVD player here in America. Well, that's problematic as well. Plus, like they probably have to dub all the Australian accents into the movie, and that would feel kind of weird. That's a problem as well. Or it'd be better. Probably better. Um, so check out Flock of Dudes. <laughs> if you love all women. streaming formats. If you love women. If you love women, uh, yes, we are back uh, after a uh, week break, and uh, this is No Doubt Day on the Throwback Podcast. This is one of those ones, Bob, that uh, we really wanted to hit um, before we couldn't hit it anymore. Yep. And we are, again, in that gray area, Bob, where maybe we don't know how many more episodes we have left, so maybe... Gwen Stefani, take your turn on the stage. Yeah, there is some doubt as to how much longer we're going to be doing this. Right now, it feels like maybe two episodes. Yes, this week and next week, you'll get new episodes and uh, maybe the week after that. But we are in the process of dealing with more bullshit machinations <laughs> involving <laughs> headgum. No, it doesn't involve... A real royal pain in our ass, these <laughs> headgum people who had the audacity to request their equipment back. Well, I feel like that's a very fair request. And then have they... the fucking balls <laughs> to say, hey, we're not going to have your podcast, which is no longer associated with our brand on our p podcast hosting network. Again. Those. Again. Hold audacity, on. No, no, no. Again, bro. Very, very reasonable. Very reasonable requests. They're like the, they're like, you know, it's the breakup and they are the, uh, the ex smart enough to change their Netflix password. Yes. So they're making sure that we're not just logging into the Netflix. Like they're making us spend our own eleven ninety nine a month. Right. To, to have Netflix. And we were, we were thinking maybe they were the ex that would not be smart enough to change or we were hoping they'd forget. We were hoping or they'd be magnanimous enough to be like, wow, we kind of broke his heart <laughs> so we're gonna throw him a bone we know we've noticed like in the coming up uh or in like queue we've noticed some activity but as long as it doesn't really mess with my shit uh we're not gonna mess with their shit and i feel like that's where we were with headgum now like all right you know they we bailed on we them way too soon so as a little like you know give back we're gonna forget about the equipment we're gonna keep them <laughs> on the service but it didn't quite work out that way, Bob. You must, you must have had some really difficult breakups. <laughs> this is how you're, like, you're kind of hoping that you could leave. Why don't you still love me? Why can't we still sleep together? <laughs> I No, I am over it. I'm over the breakup with HeadGum. But the reality of the situation is 
Bob and I not only um, are losing our recording equipment, we also need to find a new hosting service because we don't want to lose the archive that we built up over, what, nine months of episodes, which we're proud of. So, Well, we're proud of like maybe seven and a half months worth of them. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's all those ones that were locked away in the vault and the vault was thrown into the ocean yes. and then bombed. <laughs> From the it, above with napalm. It's next to Osama bin Laden now, deep in the <laughs> sea. I'm um, very upset, though, because if we would have kept a couple of those, we could have maybe made it to 40 episodes before we said goodbye. And we could have had like a nice top 40 playlist. That's right. the thing that kills me the most is we're going to have like an odd number of songs. On That's the, what kills you the on most. the throwback playlist. Yeah, it's not about hanging out with you, like yeah. not having an excuse to hang out with you anymore. It's really the odd number of songs on the playlist. Uh, yeah, that's a tough situation, too. Um but yeah, so that's that's the full story. We're going to be working to keep the podcast archive up somewhere. And maybe once we get that business end of things figured out, maybe that will allow us to continue to produce new episodes. Right. But for the time being, we're kind of in limbo. So all we yeah. do know is that we're going to give give you an episode uh, today and then you'll have another one next week and then we'll play it by ear from there. Right. And if you're upset about this, uh, just know that it's your fault. It's not actually no. It's literally, and you know I love to tell our audience here to fuck themselves. Right. If you're listening to the show, you are not the problem. A bigger problem is that there's not more of you. Right. But listening. I'm putting that on them. Yeah. For not really spreading the word. Like, granted, we've we've done our part. We've every week tweeted about it once or twice a week. Sometimes so clearly, twice. Sometimes twice. So clearly, we put all of our effort into this thing. <clears throat> but it's really like you guys really let us down. All right. See, Bob's in a weird place. <laughs> I was I was kind of joking about the headgum stuff. Bob actually hitting out at you right now. Uh, but no, if yeah, which if, they didn't see coming because you're the one that literally tells them to fuck. That's themselves. true. Right. If you yeah, if you know anybody that runs a, a major hosting service, reach out to us at uh, at Throwback Pod. And, uh, you know, I feel like maybe uh, that'd be a cool thing. If you know any of the members of like Candlebox and yeah. they could tweet out like a pr positive word about how cool we are, like that could probably help us. You think us. that would get the ball rolling? Oh, my God. If anybody from Candlebox tweeted about us, we would just be. I would shoot higher like Collective Soul. Who I was unironically listening to in full, like full album today out of nowhere. Really? Don't know how that happened. You, I mean, you're that's a really like aging dad move. It was a weird thing that I'm going to break out my which one was it? The uh, hints, allegations and things left unsaid. Yes. Yeah. A 25 year old album. Yeah. I don't know why it happened. Yeah. It just happened. Um. Anyway. So, yes, no doubt. Tragic Kingdom. No, we're actually doing uh, rock steady because we're big. Uh, hey, ya fans. I, was it? What was no, that? Hey. <laughs> it was like, hey, uh, baby. Hey, baby. No, no. Hey, uh, baby. Hey, baby. Hey. Is that it? No. Oh, yeah, it was bad. It was rough. Uh, no, we're of course, we're doing Tragic Kingdom. Their Mondo hit, Bob, which came out in. I know this is easy. Uh, came out in the summer of 1996. Wow. Guess it wasn't easy, you goddamn moron. <laughs> it was October 95. Oh, really? It was another album. And this is weird. This is the, I think, third album we've done from October 95. So rather than talk about what happened that month, yeah. I'm going to tell you all of the amazing albums that came out in October 95. This is kind of freaky. Why don't we just talk about OJ getting acquitted for the fourth time on People the show? People want to hear us or like that we forgot that we did it and just talk about it again. No. What's the story? Morning Glory came out in October 95. Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness. Yes. Two albums that we've done on this very show. Seek right. them out if you have not heard it. Listen to all these other albums. Different Class by Pulp. One of my favorite albums of all time. Yep. Return we probably would have done that if uh, HeadGum didn't fuck us in the ass. Oh, come on. Return of the Rentals. Friends of P. Yep. Course. Insomniac by Green Day. Oh, that would have been a good one. Uh, Hello by Poe. Remember we listened to that Poe song and yep, we're like, oh, I do. that's that a was thing. Good. It was a good song for uh, Happy Nowhere by Dog's Eye View. I met God. I saw I saw Dog's Eye View open for the County Crows in Las Vegas of all places wow. in uh, 2000. They, yeah, that? they were buddies. Peter Stewart, I think his name I was. Think that's his name. Yeah. yeah, and I think Duritz appeared on a Dog's Eye View song at some point. Yes, yes, that sounds Umbrella right. Umbrella Girl or a name like that. Yes. Uh, time has Propeller forgotten girl. this entirely. We've brought it back. That's why this podcast exists. Ace of Base, The Bridge. Hmm. Yep. Was that the follow-up? It to was the follow-up, yeah. The sign? It's a Beautiful Life was on that one. Oh, that was a banger. Yeah. I, kinda, I could stand for that one. Um, yeah. All You Can Eat by K.D. Lang. 
I think that is, might is that a lesbianic reference? I think it must be. That's I think it went over vagina. went over my head at that 15. That has to be about oral sex. Uh, Wait, are all her albums about oral sex? I would assume constant so. Cra- constant cravings for oral sex. Yeah, for oral sex. Yeah, no, that's, that's the says. lyrics. That's so that the lyrics. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> finally, Lucy by Candlebox came out that month. So there you go. <laughs> there you go. So tweet about us, Candlebox. Let people know we're here. Oh, and what Bob was the number one song? Well, we've listened to the number one song like three times already. So uh, we're going to talk about the number one rap song that when this album came out. Rap song. Oh, yeah. And at this moment, Bob did tell me what it was. And I'm thinking in my head, what was it? What did Bob tell me? Hmm. Give me a hint, Bob. Uh, Weird Al did a a masterful, masterful parody of this. They kind of rejuvenated the Weird Al career, the experience, took him to the next level. It really was huge. It was really huge. All right, here we go. As I walk through oh, a valley on. where I harvest my grain, <laughs> I take a look at my wife and realize she's very plain. But that's just perfect for an Amish like me. You wow, you were like, fancy things like upset on playing Weird Al. You are a traitor to his generation. I'm not upset. I was surprised. I'm actually happy that we're, you know, I, during our midnight hour, we're listening to some Weird Al. What else are we going to do? Who would have thought this would have ever happened? This is one of Weird Al's greatest bangers. And one of the great, like, late period comebacks. And I know he even had a bigger hit with that um, white and nerdy song. Was that bigger than this? I think it might have been close, and it was like five years later. But this one, when I think of a Weird Al comeback vehicle, yeah, this is I think of Amish Paradise. It's hard work and sacrifice living in an Amish... All right. Oh, we're going now real? the real thing. Now the real thing. It's kind of amazing, though, that at this point in time, Weird Al has way more cred than Coolio. Really? Stunning? <laughs> I don't think anybody ever took Coolio. He was like one step ahead of uh, Skilo, really. He was, but that was a big step because Skilo had little strides because he was small. He wanted to be taller. He was a little guy. Yeah. We loved that song, I wish I remember. We did. Uh, pop quiz, Bob. Who sings the hook on this song? Nate Dogg. Incorrect. Good guess, <laughs> but incorrect. He was kind of in the video. It looked like it was like uh, notorious Big's like fr- fraternal twin, or maybe just like an equally fat cousin. Yeah. LV. LV. It's a great song, by the way. Oh, did you like Dangerous song. Minds, the film? From which uh, the song was. I don't taken think I ever saw the full thing. You know, we had that. Soundtrack. We all had illegal cable back in the mid '90s, and when a movie would show up on Request or Request Two, they would just play it constantly. I always like checked in somewhere around the middle, watched a few scenes, and then tapped out. So I don't think I ever saw the whole thing. I was always a big fan of um, Michelle Pfeiffer. Me too. Uh, especially mid-period slash peak Pfeiffer, which I delineate as uh batman returns through one fine day with george clooney <laughs> that's so specific <laughs> so specific uh but i the the part i always remember i don't think i ever saw the movie but in the video and the commercial there's a part where she turns around the chair and then sits mm-hmm. on the chair like ac mm-hmm. slater style to like who you're also into so i'm into to who and then like like gets in the face of the student she's trying to like connect with and when you do that that sit down with the chair backwards that's when you know she's like a white lady yeah but she can connect with the urban youth oh yeah hmm. so shout out to Michelle Pfeiffer who's had a late period boom lately right <laughs> hang on This is why we're getting canceled. <laughs> okay, first of all, 
I thought you were doing the radio DJ thing and you were going to end on a dime right when the lyrics started. I didn't know you were going to end with a question. <laughs> that was like the opposite of what a DJ does. Yeah, I was that was kind of like I was subverting the genre. <laughs> oh, that's pretty much this whole podcast has been a subversion of the podcast in general. So it's kind of no, it was just like my point was uh, that Michelle Pfeiffer disappeared for like 20 years after uh, one fine day. <laughs> Stop saying one fine day. No, actually, it was after. Wait, no, uh, she was in uh, What Lies Beneath. Yeah, What Lies Beneath. Yeah, that was great. With, uh, Ford, which is a good, uh, good forgotten late '90s. So movie. forgotten. Uh, and then she didn't show up again for like 17 years, and now she like pops up every once in a while and shouts to Pfeiffer. We should talk over one of my favorite songs of the '90s about Michelle Pfeiffer the entire time. Yes, yeah, so let's listen to this a little more. This is a great song. It it was not. I think it was the second single on the album, as I recall. Yep. And it was one of my favorite. If you if I had to make like a short list of songs that most remind me of the summer during my formative years, my high school years, I will always connect this to the summer of '96 uh, because it was inescapable and it was just a great radio song. Great single. Great single. Great video. It was everywhere, and I never got sick of it. And that's a testament to the world in '96, where you're only like, you only have a few outlets to listen to music, so you're constantly turning to the same radio stations, MTV. And when something would hit you this often, it was easy to get sick of. I never got sick of this one. I don't know if I would. I think I did get sick of this song, as I recall. But now, when you come back to it years later, it's amazing. And it's also one of those songs where the lyrics, like, speak to a different time. It's about some obsessive, like, either an ex-boyfriend or just some guy that doesn't get the hint that beautiful Gwen doesn't want anything to do with him. So she has to screen her phone calls and she doesn't want to answer. Remember that? The phone would ring and you just actually wouldn't know who was calling you. You have to wait for the answering machine and you would listen and then you would pick up. We still screen calls. Little Like, that concept isn't lost. It's not like a song about an answering machine, which would be a little confusing. Yeah. Nowadays. That's true. Yeah. Um, but this was good. And this was like, you got to give No Doubt credit because. Oh, you do? I think I will. Okay. Uh, because they didn't sound like anybody else when they came out. There was that they kind of got lumped in as being a ska band. And they really were uh, early on, if you listen to their earlier stuff. But like, who sounded like this band in 1996? Yeah, it was part of that, like, jauntier, mid-90s music that some got lumped to ska, some was called punk, but it was, I mean, ska probably because of the horns, but it was just happier than the grunge that was preceding it, so we were all just into it. It was like this and Weezer and just like that happier guitars, happier sound, that alternative music. Like, there's no way Real Big Fish ever have a big radio hit if No Doubt didn't come around. I don't know, man. I don't know. Sell out? Come on. That would be a big hit now. I'm kidding. You're right. I mean, it they it was a great song, but it wouldn't have fit in any format if there wasn't no doubt. And they, uh, they, I mean, they just kind of came out of nowhere. And she was like kind of badass, just like with Oasis in the mid-90s, how they were a breath of fresh air because they weren't so depressed and mm-hmm. singing about how much life sucked and and weren't in that post-grunge mode. Like, No Doubt was kind of doing their, like, Southern California, like, we're idiots from Orange County thing. Yeah. which I didn't fun. Know, I didn't know what that meant at the time. I remember just hearing about Orange County, but I had no idea what that was. Yeah, you're right. It makes a lot more sense now. Now I kind of get it. Yeah. Uh, that leads us to track two, which I will say right off the bat, Bob, is one of my favorite No Doubt songs. Mr. 
forgot about this one. Fucking love this I song. forgot about this one. It's a great one. It's so fun. It's got such like a great like energy to it, and it's like a fun chorus, and I love the, the verse. I, I think it's like one of their very best songs. Excuse me, mister. It was one of the later singles, I remember. Yeah, yeah. And um, I remember the video, and Gwen Stefani, who started, and we're going to get to their first single in a bit, but like she started looking really like strange. You're trying to even like wrap your head around, like, who is Gwen Stefani? Is, she, is this girl hot? What, the, she, like the jewel on her the forehead? Jewel and, stuff? and the yeah. dressing, she was all dressed stupid and everything. It's like, what is going on with this? She's dressed stupid. <laughs> and then by the time. By the time you got to this, she was in the video. She was dressed as like a 1920s, like what did they call them? the flappers? Yeah, I like this part. Hang on. See, nothing sounded like no, this. and I think it's safe to yeah. say there would not be the squirrel nut zippers without this song. <laughs> Thank God for no doubt. But anyway, so this is kind of interesting sound because I like how now it like digs into this next part of the song. Oh, that's good. So yeah, this was Excuse Me Mister off Tragic Kingdom, the name of the album, and uh, which I didn't put it together at the time, Bob, but they were from Orange County. Magic Kingdom. Oh, Never Magic did it. Kingdom. Did you put that together immediately? Like three seconds ago when you said that. For real? No, I think I got oh, it yeah. at some point, but it wasn't something that I got right away. Yeah. Um, this was the, oh my God, they released seven singles on this album, and this was the fourth, released in August of 1996. I'm so glad that No Doubt named this Tragic Kingdom, because I would imagine that the people that made the Florida Project would have used that title had it not been used in 1995. Hmm. They would have wanted. You they thought, really they warned me. They would have thought me. they were so clever to have uh, named it that. Like you had a visceral, like angry reaction to that movie, to the point where Emily and I had the screener here, and uh, based on your warning not to go near the Florida Project, we did not watch it. Oh, see, so we should just Willem Dafoe. You just had an issue. No, with I love Dafoe. Yeah, great uh, Dafoe. Uh, nugget of info came across my desk recently you got some defoe nugs not like a personal story but i i heard it somewhere and then checked it out uh do you know william defoe has a comically large penis to the point where he was in a movie where he showed it and the director was like that's too big nobody's gonna believe it's your penis so they had to get a second cock to come in to be Willem Dafoe's penis to make it more believable. A reverse stunt cock? A reverse stunt cock. <laughs> I mean, this is going to sound incredibly gay, Bob, but I did know that. <laughs> and I just learned about it somewhat recently. Yeah, I don't, I don't know, know where I read it. come out somewhere. <laughs> but I read, that, I read that exact... I think I somehow... This is not getting less gay, but I somehow stumbled upon a listicle of like Hollywood actors with giant dicks. <laughs> You're right. That is not getting less gay. <laughs> and uh, Defoe was on the list, obviously. And that, and it makes sense that they would share that nug it's that you've nug. just shared with the audience. <laughs> William Defoe's dick comically large. We're going to talk through this most important song because there's more to unpack um, with this package. Uh, we went to the Andre the Giant. Oh, yeah. Premiere, we got we to talk about this. Uh, last Thursday, uh, which was very cool. It was at the Cinerama Dome in Hollywood, uh, which led to us then later in the night going to a Darkness concert, which was, was a fun night. We'll get into that as well. Um, maybe next week. But um, they do a scene where they get into like Andre was very popular with the women oh yeah very popular with the ladies and picture, mentioned- picture of Andre with like six girls around him yeah and I think it was Ric Flair yep uh, the talking head was like well you know he was like a size 74 shoe and like he had a size 22 ring you know you yeah, figure it out you figure it out um, 
And then after the film, I remember um, saying to Bob at this after party they had, I wish they hit that a little harder. Yeah. The I, dick stuff. I, I, and I know in these sensitive times, they didn't want to glorify it too much. Right. But maybe just hit the I, dick stuff a little harder. I am. In, you wanted more hard dick hits. I get it. I, I mean, aren't you curious about Andre the what Giant's What did you want? Like an impression, you wanted like an impression of it, like in wet cement or something? Like they weren't going to. All right. How about this? At the after party I'm talking about, uh, they did have a like a setup where you could put your hands against Andre's hands. Oh, yeah. We should tweet that out because we both did that. Yeah. How about Andre's flaccid member? Oh, they had that in the bathroom. Oh, see, I didn't. You didn't see that. I did use the bathroom. And when I walked in there, the big show was there. (laughs) <laughs> and I was like, I am not going. A famous wrestler. The famous wrestler. I was like, I am not hitting the urinal next to the big show. Oh, no. No, that's not. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> not happening. Smart to hold out. Yes. Uh, and out of respect for Gwen and the entire band. <laughs> Got to start this song. We All do right. because this, I mean, the first single, like you said, this was an era where I would like tape uh, MTV at night. And yes. Wa- and then like watch the videos the next day so you don't yep. have to wait around for the videos and I remember taping this video one night and the next morning or next day watching it and just being so like fascinated by her and by the song and I don't remember a lot about what was on the tape but I remember this was like the breakout song for me yeah I used to do the same thing I used to like just sit upstairs in, in my parents house and I had a VHS tape that had a collection of Don Mattingly highlights and music videos on Alternative Nation. And Just a Girl was definitely on it. It was like right next to like Civ, I remember. That makes sense. And uh, this song came out of fucking nowhere. The band came out of nowhere. I think we were probably ahead of it because we were watching Alternative Nation. And that's definitely where this song would have started being yeah. played. And then I'm sure probably, I would not be surprised, K-Rock is the major FM radio station here for rock. Probably started there, got bigger and bigger. And eventually, this song, this weird band called No Doubt, that did like this like ska punk new wave music, it's a top 20 single in the U.S. Billboard charts, which is, especially if you have to understand the era in which it came out, is fucking crazy. And also just having a song like, in a traditionally like male-dominated genre with I'm Just a Girl, that like guy, it was okay to be a guy in a sing-along with. Yeah. You know... Th- I remember, too, like, when they were... This song came out in September 95. And it was big, like I said. uh, Number 23 it peaked at. But it wasn't... They weren't, like, household names yet. They played at our local community college, the Fieldhouse. That's right. I think in, like, the winter of 95, uh, maybe early 96. I think it was early 96. Probably should have went. Should have went. To yeah, we didn't no go. doubt at the RCC Fieldhouse. That was probably a lot of people from high school their first concert because it was so easy to go to, and some for some reason we didn't go. The movie was later used. The song was later used in the movie Clueless and the opening credits of another film we saw in the mid to late nineties. Bob, uh, I'll give you a hint. Uh, a movie that led to us trying to hunt down an erotic thriller. Tales of Erotica. <laughs> Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Really? Okay. Yeah. That's weird because that was all like there was a big '80s song movie, but I guess it makes sense. Uh, Gwen Stefani had this to say, Bob, to one of your favorite publications, Bam Magazine. I wrote thing. that because my dad got mad at me uh, for going to Tony, Tony Canal. Of course. Or is it C- Tony Canal? What Canal? Nope. I've always said Canal, but yeah. you could say it that way. He was the basis of the band that Stefani wrote this whole album about. Uh, was at his house driving home late at night. I mean, come on. I'm like going on 30 here. I wouldn't trade being female, but I really don't think guys understand what a burden it could be sometimes. It's true. Don't I understand. Get you get it? No, I get that it, it's probably tough to be a girl. You think you get it? You think like you're fucking, you know what it. it's like? God. I'm woke, bro. <laughs> <laughs> woke people don't say that. Woke people don't say they're woke. That's true. Uh, yeah, and we talk, we've talked about the song, too, on a prior podcast, but uh, it was that important for them, and the, and the video was very strange, and you said the jewel in her forehead, and it was like, what the fuck's going she on? She braces. Did she sell braces? There was something going on with her teeth in that video. No, that you're, you're thinking, of the, thinking of the following album cycle. Oh, okay. Return of Saturn. 
where she just had braces as full a on fashion metal, accessory. Full on metal mouth, yeah. Everybody was just like, Gwen, you know, with the colored hair and the braces, let's just write some better songs. <laughs> I, I know you seem to be. But anyway, uh, I that song is. It's a good song. Is it, it's not their most famous song, but. No, definitely not. I don't know. I think it might be one of the more important 90s songs. Like if you were making like a top 20 of the 90s and you didn't want to and you weren't worrying about you know is the song played out do I like another song that is better like Just a Girl might be like the safe one of the most important popular songs of that decade well, yeah I think it's one of those songs that's in a way more famous or more important now than it was when it came out like at the time it was just an introduction now it's like remembered as one of the best songs of the 90s right and by the way you joked about um what was this? You made a joke about a song that would have been a hit today. That w- I don't know. Squirrel nut zippers? Maybe I don't know. Might have been. Uh, might have been a weird owl joke. I can't remember. But anyway, if Just the Girl came out today, yeah, fucking be a huge hit too. Maybe yeah. it'd be bigger actually. Probably given the times. I don't know. You would need like you need a thumping bass in it or something. Like it wouldn't sound so a trap beat. Maybe. Yeah, you need a trap beat. You need Cardi B. To um, this song is called Happy Now. Oh. Question mark. This is, by the way, this is in the this album is the you didn't in the you didn't need to own it to know it Hall of Fame. Yes, that's true. Did you own Tragic Kingdom? My sister owned it, so I would just take it from her and throw it in my disc man and uh, walk around listening to it sometimes. Um, humble brag that you had a discman ninety six. Yeah, I had a discman in ninety six. I was rocking the the yellow and black Sony Walkman. I had one of those too. Yeah. Yep. And then one day I was at like a watching a varsity basketball game. Humble brag. At the, at the top of the bleachers. And remember our high school's bleachers? That was very dangerous. Like they it just had an opening under each stair yeah. and then like a five story drop. Yeah. And I wasn't the first to do this. My Walkman, you know, as, as you're, you can do, you drop it and then the wire came out, the yep. plug came out. And then I watched in slow motion as my dad's Sony Walkman. F- fell like 50 feet and blew up on the floor below. Yeah. Was that that wasn't the yellow and black one, was it? That was the yellow and black oh, one, bro. Man, that must have been Not tough. Good. Not good. Sad day. I I blame Hebgum. Those fucks. They did that too. Yeah. You just like look back in your life and Jake and Amir were there for all like the <laughs> negative moments. I don't know anything about Happy Now. Do you have anything to say about the song? But I remember it. I don't know anything about it. Let's listen to it. Yeah. Let's show some respect. really good Bob this is the seventh and final single released of Tragic Kingdom Wow. It's like thriller level release. Yeah, I was going to say, A, seven singles. It's kind of a cheat, though, because it was only released in the Netherlands. All right, so that doesn't count. In February 98, the album came out in October 95 or whatever. Or summer 95. Oh, I like this part. I remember this part. Oh, yeah. She's hot. That's a great song, actually. Yeah, really great. I am a fan of Hey You. Um, hey baby, hey baby, yeah, the girls say, the girls say. <laughs> Not on this album, but no, that was a great rendition of it for those of you who haven't heard it. Um, it shouldn't count as a single if you only release it in the Netherlands. Well, Hot I mean, take. does Flock of Dudes count as a movie if the DVD is only out in Australia? <laughs> I think it does. I think it's all the same. Uh, Bob, don't ask questions you don't want the answer to. <laughs> uh, next track, The Climb. Let's listen to it a little bit. I didn't think it was going to start like a bad company song. All right, here we go. Little bad company humor. Uncle jokes. 
This could be an MFR. I mean, it's this album has started off so hot. Makes sense. Oh, it's on take, fire. Take a little break right here. Nothing wrong with this, though. It's all right. I'm good with this. What do you want? Um, I don't give a fuck. Sometimes, this podcast is over anyway. Wait a minute. What does that have to do with <laughs> us? Um, by the way, they, her brother was in the band. Did you know that? I don't think I did know that. Her brother was in the band. Steve Stefani? Bro, get it right. It's Eric Stefani with a C. Oh, okay. I like that move. Uh, he left the band. This is one of the great, like, timing fuck yous of all time. Eric Stefani leaves the band after the recording of this album. Or during the recording of this album. Wow. Probably not the best time to get out. I mean, you still have your sister... Being way more famous and successful and rich than you? Yeah, and like probably helping you out for the rest of your life, so you're fine. Would you like your sister to be helping you out for the rest of your life? If she was at the Gwen Stefani level, and it's like, oh, what does it matter to her? Yeah, of course. I'll take it. I will freeload off of anybody. How... Let me ask you a question. Yes. If you got Gwen Stefani rich... What would be your line of demarcation for helping people out? Oh, that's a great question. Yeah. Because I have noticed out here that uh, very rich people, they make it, I assume they made a decision at some point early on in their I'm wealthy life of I'm either going to be the guy that picks up the tab for everybody or I'm the guy who's dividing a $24 bill at Birds and making everybody throw in $7. Even though. Even though you're super rich. I am so rich. You could see my $30 million house over there. Right. I need your $11. Which, by the way, is a surefire way to make people hate you. It is, but if you're you got to find that happy balance. But I think you got to be, if you're going to do that, you have to be consistent. So you're the split the tab guy. No, I'm not the split the tab guy, but I think there is a way to do that where if, it, if it's like murky as to like people assume you're going to pay and then you don't pay, then that's when they hate you. But right. I think if you set right off the bat, this is, I treat you like I have no money. We're all, e- we're all equal here. We're all eating the same onion rings. We're splitting this down the middle. Right. Then that's your MO. So what was the question again? It was something about what no, I No, what's the line of demarcation? You've you've obviously like subliminally already told me what you would do if you were super rich. No, I didn't. I didn't say that would you be would me. I said I've ever noticed. show your wealth to help others. I've noticed. Um, I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I think you're right. I think I would um, help my family. Okay. Direct family. Direct family. Do you help cousins? Uh, probably not. Unless it was like emergency. All right. So I think it's like direct family gets whatever they want. Right. Cousins are there for like anything from like maybe co- like I can't afford college to I just got in a car accident. Well, here's the problem, Bob. And I'll give you just a hypothetical or basically a reality of the game from what I understand. Right. Not being a rich person myself. Um, opposite people of a, opposite of a humble brag. People, people come up with reasons to need money. Right. Well, be, people will be, come to you. You have to be discerning with quote unquote special circumstances. Yeah. So you gotta you gotta know when to to bail. You gotta. This is what I would do. I'd cover direct family. Right. Totally. Cars, houses. Right. Uh, cousins that I'm close with, and aunts and uncles taken care of on a certain extent on a lesser layer yep I'm, I'm still down with this yeah friends I'm not buying them fucking houses and shit I'd hook, I'd hook you up Bob I'd oh, help no, you no. out well we didn't get you didn't let me get to friends well, I'm, I'm just I'm gonna do it in a more direct way yeah I like what you're doing I would then with them I would pick up little things obviously oh we're going to Vegas it's on me uh, steakhouse let's get together I'll take care of it oh your wife has cancer I'll take care of the bill yeah things like that Things, then, that, things that make you look good. And then anything else. Yeah, it's all about me, ultimately. Right. And then anything else, go fuck yourself. Yeah. There's a straight yeah. line from I'm going to help you to go fuck yourself. <laughs> it's a line in the sand. <laughs> you don't want to be on the go fuck yourself side of it. And you, so you're well, basically the same. Yeah, basically the same. I would like definitely, with friends, look for excuses to give you money. As like, uh, like hey, surprise. Like, hey, can you do me a favor? Could you uh, keep picking me up at the airport? And you'd like... Pick me up. I totally inconvenience you, but then I'd give you like ten grand. 
You know, it's like that kind yeah. of thing. But there is something to be said for being a miserly son of a bitch. Absolutely. Like I, a Citizen Kane fuckface who, I, like, is an asshole to everyone and then just, like, says, I love this sled. <laughs> and then hoard all your money. It would be nice. I might to, do that, actually, just for fun. Well, if. <laughs> this right, song is 16. Right now, what are you hoarding right now? Let's be honest. <laughs> I'm in a rented garage. <laughs> uh, this song's called 16. I'm sorry, No Doubt fans, if it didn't get the love you d- it deserved. However, the next song will because it's another one of those songs that I put right up there uh, in terms of 90s singles. You know this one, Bob? Yes. You look quizzical. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Song makes me want to skank. What was that? You know, like that dance you would do where you're just kind of like kicking your legs out. Oh, yeah. Oh, you know, Gwen could skank with the best. Oh, of yeah. Wait, was that like the stinky leg? No, it's just like that dance where you would like kind of slowly like kick one leg out and do the other. It's kind one of those like super do white down. dances. Well, it's the whitest. It's like yeah. something you only do to ska, which is the whitest thing you could do. Is ska the whitest music? No, it's not the whitest because it is like there is like a reggae oh, sort like of a influence thing. there. Yeah. All right, let's listen to this But it's chorus. for white people. There wouldn't be any skank and pickle without this song. No, there no, would be less than Jake would just be a pipe dream. <laughs> They both probably came before, no doubt, but I still believe that. Uh, all right. So, Sunday Morning was the sixth single, and uh, it was a pretty big hit, as I recall, at least on the radio. I used to hear it. I remember hearing it all the time. And it was like, what are the albums, Bob, that like are in this territory? Jagged Little Pill, where they're just the singles don't stop. Yeah. In the 90s, it's a very short list. Cracked Rear View. Cracked Rear View, and it's funny, they all kind of came out at the same time, but Cracked Rear View, Jagged Little Pill, Tragic Kingdom, and maybe Gwen's uh, boyfriend's band, Out of Nowhere, Bush. Yeah, that had, I think, three like big singles, four. At least four, Monster. Uh, that had Everything Zen, Come Down, Glycerines, uh, uh, Machine Head. Yeah. I mean, that was big. But um, I wish we could do a Bush album. Let's just roll right into Bush right now. Who's going to stop us? <laughs> Headgum. They won't stop us. <laughs> Big picture? Could they stop us? Mm, Big picture, probably. Yeah. Um, the absorption of all the lawsuits. just, it just comes But yeah, it's down. like a very small list of albums that just were juggernauts that just kept going. And this song is like the sixth single. And it's a song that if you yeah. love alternative music, like, you know, the song backwards and front. Yeah. Ooh, maybe Sublime. I'm surprised we made it this far without kind of talking about the Sublime yeah. kind of world in relation to this. Because they were like the other Orange County. Yeah, Long- and it's Long also Beach. kind of funny that there's like been like 7 million people, actually like 41, or maybe the same guy 41 times, have tweeted, do uh, an Interpol album. Yeah. But I don't think we've ever gotten a tweet about Sublime. It's almost like everyone That's was... That's very surprising. It was like... We're okay. The radio is taking care of Sublime for We don't us. need to hear what you think about it. <laughs> uh, I love this song. And speaking of uh, my love of this song, at the end of this episode, we have to pick a song for our Spotify playlist. We do. Uh, Ooh, might be I, caping for this one, bro. I don't know. I might, I might battle you a little bit. Because I like this song, but I don't know if I like it more than some of the other ones we've heard so far. Ooh, that sounds like a real yeah, that's a battle. Tease. That's a tease. Stay it's, to the end. It sounds like one of those really hardcore battles. <laughs> Don't do that. Okay. All right. Up next. Ooh. MF-er. Let's listen. 
Has this song aged well, Bob? Don't speak. I am still sick of this song from 1996. I, like, we talked about Spiderwebs. I'm totally with you, by the way. We talked about Spiderwebs being unavoidable. Yeah. This was to the nth degree. Like, this was, I don't know where it peaked, or I'm sure you'll tell us. I honestly feel like it was on nonstop for a year and a half, and you couldn't avoid it. And it's still on constantly. Yeah. And I think, like... I totally get why it was a monster song, but it's not like the most adventurous song, it, and it doesn't really sound like anything else that they were doing. Like one of the things that made them such a fun, interesting band was that they sounded different, and they had this—they didn't create the sound that they came out with, but like it was different on the radio, as we were saying earlier. This is kind of like, you know, a good like pop song, like love song like well it's a great pop song kind of coming, a lot of bands could have done this coming song. from a band that you wouldn't expect it and right. also giving that sort of their unique spin on what their great pop song would be so it makes perfect sense why it was as big as it was you had this like beautiful lead singer a great video again and just a great accessible sound but god damn it this was so a spanish guitar you hate spanish guitars i, I do not like a spanish I, don't, I don't know if i'd call this a spanish Bob, we're musicians. We know. <laughs> we have the ear. Uh, this was... There's no, there's no Brian Adams off the Don Juan DeMarco soundtrack. It's kind of got that vibe. That's part of my issue with it. It was number one on the Billboard Hot 100 Airplay charts for 16 weeks. God damn it. And it also was their most successful international single, topping the charts Australia, Canada, Iceland. Huge hit in Iceland, Bob. Uh, the Netherlands, again. New Zealand and the United Kingdom... And it was nominated for Song of the Year and Best Pop Performance uh, at the 98 Grammys. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? Most importantly, Bob, it was ranked 495th on Blender Magazine's 500 Greatest Songs Since You Were Born. Oh, get a fucking grip, Blender. Fuck you, Blender. Fuck you. Listen, we're all about tapping into a certain demographic. It's young people that are out in the world in their 20s. And we want to type it, tap into that zeitgeist. The next time you're, you're fuck you. The next time you're sad about a magazine folding, just remember Blender made that list. Exactly, That's what magazines did is just fill up shit like that. Exactly. So, I think we're both on the same page, Bob. That neither of us love the song. It's a little played out. I bet nobody listening saw that coming. They probably thought we would just sit here and uh, wax poetically about just how like masturbate it is. about the song. Yeah, just like stroke each other off over the song. Yeah. I mean, we were talking about dicks earlier, so. We were talking about, uh, I was going to say male dicks, but what else would there be? <laughs> male dicks. <laughs> That'd be a good, like, uh, if we ever started a band, we should call the male dicks. <laughs> the male dicks. <laughs> um, yeah, so congratulations to No Doubt on this huge hit single. You know what? They weren't, they weren't creatively satisfied yet until you said congratulations to them, so <laughs> thank you for finally doing that. Do you think that uh, Tony Kaanel was... Uh, you know, you th- how long do you think it was? Because the song, he dumped Gwen. Right, of course. And by the way, Gwen is on fire in this video. Like, yeah. At this point, she's, I don't know if a publicist or a stylist got to her, but it's like, honey, we get it. You're interesting. You're different. Now we're going to put you in like a blue, like, dress that was worn during World War II, and we're going to give you a nice haircut and yeah. makeup. And you're not going to be weird. You're just going to be. Like super beautiful. What if what if being super beautiful was weird? And Gwen was yes. like, "All right, I'm in. Yes, I'll put on the dress." Um, but uh, she was super hot in the video, and then the bassist. The whole song's about him dumping her. 
And then it became their biggest hit, and they played it on tour for like five straight years. How long did it take to wear off? Like, she's singing about me. Yeah, well, her. It had to be kind of a weird dynamic that that became the biggest song. Yeah, it's definitely got to be a weird dynamic. But at the same time, do you think it was weird? Like, oh, man, I made a mistake as he's like, you know, slapping the bass. Remember that? Uh, <laughs> do you think that was weird? Or do you think it was more kind of like, uh, God, thank God. She's writing this great music about me. And like, I turned out OK. Like, yeah, think I think was Tony was like, doing it. He's a good looking bassist. Yeah, I think Tony was probably clean. But like, that's the other thing. They get super famous. Imagine your ex-girlfriend is with you all the time at the time where you have carte blanche as a, like, bachelor. Did he yeah. have to, like, lay low with all that stuff? Oh, that's a great question. Tony, if you're listening, come on the show. Talk about uh, your coxman ways during the late 90s. Tony, if you can get here between the first and second episode we record, <laughs> get here. Culver City, bro. It's right near Orange County. Yeah, not Is he far. still located? Probably. This is You Can Do It. I don't know. I don't know much time. I, I would call this mid-album filler right here. Yeah. It's like disco-y. It's a sign of things to come in the No Doubt universe. Um. Yeah, Don't Speak was like ridiculously huge. I don't know. It's just kind of like something when I think of No Doubt or that song, I think of like WPLJ. There are very few songs that we've listened to since we started this thing where I'm not in the moment and like enjoying it in a new way while we're doing this. Like, you know, a lot of songs off Melancholy and the Infinite Sadness, like I for years I've been turning off the world is a vet click. Like I don't need to hear that. But when we listened to it in the garage, it was like. God, it's so nice to actually like listen to this song yes, again. Yes, I agree. And ever since then, I've been listening to it again when it comes on the radio. Don't speak. I still have no desire to listen to it, which is a weird thing. Yeah, I'm with you totally. Um, this is World Go Round. Let's listen. It is, speaking of Tony Canaanel, like, it is pretty cool to say I dumped Gwen Stefani. Oh, yeah, definitely. I say it, but, like, I don't get nearly right. response. That no, I mean, me. nobody believes you. In fact, they, I, I never told you this, but for the last 18 years. Yeah, I've been saying that. We've been making fun of you behind your back. No, but that, really? Yeah, because obviously, you know. That's... Wow, it's a I lot. thought you guys like thought I was cool. Yeah, we really have been doing some uh, verbal and mental gymnastics to well, stay ahead of you on that one. Well, thank you for sparing my feelings for so long. That must not have been easy for you guys. Um, instead of talking about Tony Kaanel, could we talk yeah. about uh, Gavin Rossdale? Yes. And about what a hot couple they were? Yes, they were the first couple of alternative rock. Which is, I guess, a thing. Is that a thing? Do people ever say that? I don't know. I think they kind of predated when that would have been made into a thing. Yeah, I agree. But like he was probably a 10. Yeah, I guess there would be people would said he was probably arguably the best looking dude. That Rolling Stone cover where he has like a shirt open and he's just like, what's up? Keep going, bro. (laughs) And uh, and she was obviously hot and uh, very popular at the time. I don't think you beat that. No, especially coming off of, like, Kurt and Courtney. Yeah, and then I saw about, I would say it was about maybe 18 months ago, uh, my wife and I went to a really good Korean restaurant on La Cienega. That surprises me. It was recommended to us, and we went, and we really enjoyed it. All right, good. And if I remember the name of the establishment... I would give it a pop, but I can't. If you live in uh, Los Angeles or the area, it was across from the Stinking Rose. Oh, that area. Okay. Anyway, um, we're sitting there enjoying our Korean dinner, and then Gavin Rossdale rolls in with a friend 
and his three children. I think they were all boys. And the nanny. And then I was like, I think Rostell might have left Stefani for this nanny. Because he did, he did famously cheat with the nanny. And then, so anyway, that was interesting. And then after dinner, I was waiting. My car was valeted. I was waiting to get my car. And out comes, at the same time, uh, Rossdale, the children he had with Stefani, the nanny, and the, the uh, other friend. And the kids are causing trouble. He's trying to get them under control. And I was like, that actually feels kind of good. Rossdale, multimillionaire, yeah. wrote a ton of big-time songs, uh, has uh, made love to Gwen Stefani many, many times. At least three or four times. His sons are being shitheads. That's what and sons I, do. I can relate to that. Of course. So that was cool. That must have been cool. <laughs> At that moment, I knew what it was like to be Gavin Rossdale. For just one moment. And then he went right back to being Gavin Rossdale, and you didn't. <laughs> That's true. Uh, this is ended on this, which I guess is ironic because it is not the final song. Ooh. It is the penultimate song. I like that. Let's listen to it for a moment. Previous song was World Go Round. Sure. Sure, why not? I mean, I feel like this this album kind of blows its load a little bit. That's gross. It's a gross way to say that. What would be a better way? Uh, it, Climaxed? It peaks early. Peaks early? Is Does everything mean come? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> um, but that's fine because, let's see, I'm just going through it. Spiderweb's right. banger to start the album. Excuse me, Mr. Awesome, track two. Just a Girl, iconic, track three. And then you got Sunday Morning rolls in in the middle of the album right there. Don't speak. I mean, that's five tremendous singles. Yeah, if you're going to jizz hard midway through the album, <laughs> then you got to come down. Uh, all right. It's time to pick, Bob. Wait, I thought there was one more song. Do you want to hear it? <laughs> yeah, that's what we do. We listen to the album. I skip songs sometimes. I never notice. Yeah. Do you think we listen to every Wyclef Jean song no, on that I know for fucking a fact shitty that. album, The Carnival? No, and in fact, I was going to call you out and say, <laughs> this episode we have to go back and listen to the ones that you skipped. <laughs> okay, that's good. All right, so um, it's time to pick a song, Bob. You uh, get it going. Uh, get it going here. Nominate what you believe should be on the Spotify playlist. Um, no, I don't want to because you, what? Have, well, you have, you have them all in front of you, so I can't see them, but you have a phone, right? Bob, what year do you think it is? I don't know. I'm the only one with the access to the playlist from 19, Tragic Kingdom. 1995. <laughs> you have the track listing. All you got to see it's right there. No, I know it's right there. Six but... inches away from you, your phone. That's then a I gotta smartphone. Like, got to like Google. Like, uh, in fact, there's a laptop next to your cellular phone. It's all very close. Uh, what was that song? Uh, happy Now? I like that one. No, we're not definitely not putting Happy Now on it, you <laughs> asshole. <liked> it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, is, is there a more hipster douche move than putting a song you had never really heard before until tonight as the selection from Tragic Kingdom? No, there's not. But It's like, oh, what did you guys put on the Spotify play? was Happy Now. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> All right, fine. That's a great point. It's a good thing this uh, podcast is ending. It's thank God. Um, <laughs> no, you pick. You just pick a song. You know what you want. Really? You want Sunday morning? No, I'm not even necessarily true. Really? There's two songs that I would definitely uh, be cool with, but since neither are coming to you right Wait, now, are you thinking just a girl? No, no, no. Okay. Um, how about this? I give you two options. Yeah, you choose let's the do one that. you want. Let's do that. Excuse me, Mister, or Sunday morning. I've always had those two on like the same level of song. So Okay. Uh okay. But then why do you <laughs> I'm gonna go with Happy Now. Excuse me, mister. <laughs> fuck you. Ah, fuck you. Hey, baby, hey, baby, hey. <laughs> No, no, no. Could we, um... Did you... What, what's your choice? It doesn't matter. You don't care. 
I do, I do. You decide. I just wanted. I just remembered my favorite, uh, no doubt, or Gwen Stefani song video ever. The uh, underneath it all video. Oh. I think I like. I think I'm in love with her because of that video. Like I don't think I'll ever not be in love with her because of that video. You jerk to it. We're not. We don't talk about that kind of thing on this podcast. This is That's a, a yes. Respectable podcast. That's a hard yes. That goes out to. It's a hard. Yes. <laughs> She is a beautiful woman. Ah, oh, love her. And uh, yeah, I think it you. was on this album. But anyway, you you're saying you want me to choose then? Yeah, just pick. Shit. I'm leaning slightly to excuse me, Mister, but whatever you want, Dad. We're in your garage. You pick. Then I will choose Sunday morning. I know you. Fuck, motherfucker. I gave you the chance. You did. Uh, I, played check- that, I played that all wrong. Check out the uh, Throwback Podcast at Throwback Pod on Twitter, at Throwback Pod on Instagram. Hit us up on Gmail at the Throwback Pod. Yeah. At Gmail. Yep. And uh, yeah, we will be back next week with at least one more episode in the history of the program. That sounds about right. That's all, that's all we can promise. Uh, but. Uh, thank you for listening. Bob, do you have anything else to tell the audience? No, I think you summed it up nicely. Okay, I have one last thing to say. Oh, yeah? What is that? Go fuck yourself. Yep, there it is. Why hasn't this podcast worked I out? I can't believe more people don't listen. I trade you places in-